All right, race fans, Ryan Aho here and the one and only Bert Lehman bringing you episode 78 of the One to Go show. Bert, we said we we're going to do this last week, 78. What comes to mind for me, Larry Prochnow, Red Cedar Speedway, Menominee, Wisconsin. They've been heavily involved with racing over there for a long time. I remember him back in the Super Stocks back in the 80s. Of course, the Prochnow is uh, still heavily involved with racing. Any 78s come to mind for you? No 78s come from my come to mind for Eastern Wisconsin other than and for Eastern Wisconsin, but uh Martin Truex and NASCAR it the All old right. Martin I'll, I'll give you half it's asphalt. <laughs> you half credit for that. I don't know if I can give you credit, but uh I feel like that's a victory for me right there. I got a dirt guy, you got an asphalt guy, I'm one up on you. Of course, this episode brought to you by our friends over in Watertown, South Dakota. Dirt Track Supply, get a hold of Ron, get a hold of Trevor. They'll take good care of you. Great service. They build the Arrow chassis. Of course, one of them went to Victory Lane this uh, this weekend in the street stocks. Todd Carter winning the opener over in Mandan at the Dakota Speedway. So they know how to build winners over there in Watertown. And, of course, if you're a race fan, if you like bull rings, the Casino Speedway opening up this weekend. And uh, they have the trackside service over there. So, well-rounded in what they do get a hold of them guys and uh thank you uh uh trevor and thank you ron for supporting the show but uh bert for the first time in a while there was a pile of racing i mean mother nature did not win this past weekend i am thankful no. for that um she got her tail kicked and, and let's start out with you um you had there was a lot of racing actually over in eastern wisconsin rare to have three late model events in the same weekend right so why don't you talk about what happened over there in uh eastern wisconsin yeah uh, i mean late model wise it started on friday night at gravity park um it was a unsanctioned late model uh event at gravity park and i didn't write down how many cars there were uh but uh nick avlink uh, won the feature i started on the front row and uh led the entire way um wasn't a whole lot of passing. Uh, there were a few drivers that tried to make the high side work, but uh, every, I, I haven't been to that track in person yet. So I ha I haven't seen any racing there in person. So, you know, I, I don't want people jumping on me when I say something about uh, the track, but so, so far, you know, from the videos I've seen when the late models have been there, it's always been a, bottom dominated track and you know whether i mean it's a small track so i mean it, you know it's tight um so you know i'm not sure how conducive it is to late model racing you know i don't know if it if uh, a change in track prep would bring the high side in you know i i don't know that but uh you know it's still good to see the late models racing there and you know having more tracks to race at so I, i'm not going to complain too much about that <laughs> you know bert we watched uh there was a super exciting mod finish there a couple weeks ago and they were running the high side in that one maybe they just you know they're not used to late models and fat tires run up the track a lot faster maybe a few more nights over there they get some more water in the track a little more moisture maybe it was windy um that that puts a toll on racing too justin ritchie was there um, of course, uh, Mr. Bridesmaid himself, right? He got second in that deal. So he, he was there and actually kind of made a little bit of a run at Anvilink a little bit. But uh, yeah, overall, it was kind of an on-the-bottom deal. But Anvilink again in the Saturday night, a couple more races there. Uh, yeah. Um, well, before I get to the late model action at Shano, um, 
Well, actually, before I get to any of the action at Shano, uh, I do want to make a mention. Uh, Shano Speedway did have a tribute to Bobby Bennett, who passed away a few weeks ago. Um, and uh, uh, Bobby Bennett's uh, um, kids and grandkids showed up with their race cars, the, the ones who are still racing. And um, none of them, well, I shouldn't say none of them, but, uh, you know, now the Bennett's are more famous for racing asphalt. Uh, Lowell Bennett uh, uh, has a long history of racing asphalt, late, super late models. Uh, he is a Shano Speedway champion, track champion in the late model division from the early 1980s, though. But then when the car, that was when you could race on both asphalt and dirt with the same car. And I remember talking to him once and asked him why he made the switch. And he said, well, when you couldn't use the same car to run both surfaces, he had to make a decision on which direction he wanted to go. And he felt that he could advance more in, in the asphalt ring. So uh, um, that's what he did. And I mean, he's had a very long career, uh, uh, multiple track champions at multiple tracks in Wisconsin. Um, so, but anyway, you know, they, during the national anthem, uh, all the Bennett's who had their race cars there, they uh, were on the track, uh, even a dragster, one of the granddaughters races a, a, a dragster. And um, it was kind of interesting watching a drag racing car drive around Shano Speedway on the dirt, nonetheless. Um, so they, they made a lap during the national anthem and actually every other car at the racetrack, if they wanted to, they could go out in the track too and follow them around the track. And then after the national anthem, uh, all the other cars pulled off the track and the Bennett's were given checkered flags and they made one more, one more lap in, in memory of Bobby Bennett. So it was a very, very fitting tribute. And I was glad that I got to see that in person. So hey, does that, that drag car, does that turn about as good as one of them old Rayburns and things that turn very <laughs> good? I mean, so maybe you kind of keep up with one of CJ's rides there. Right? Well, it was funny because, you know, they, they, they had to push it onto the track and then they backed it up down the front stretch. And I didn't know if it was actually going to take a lap around the track, but it actually, they drove it around the track. So, uh, you know, that, that was interesting to see. And it was also kind of cool because some of the Bennett's who aren't racing anymore, uh, some of the drivers uh, from Shano Speedway uh, let them use their cars. So like, uh, just for example, Tim Bennett used to race late models at Shano and Modifieds, but he doesn't race anymore, but he's number four. So he borrowed Jeff Teske's car, who's number four, and uh, uh, Dave Bennett, who's number five, he doesn't race anymore, but I mean, he raced sportsman at Shano Speedway for a number of years, and uh, he borrowed Luke Postel's car, who's number five, to drive around the track. So that, that was pretty cool to, to see um, current drivers working with the Bennett family to make this happen. And, and like you said, every time there was another Bennett that raced generations, it kept going up in numbers, yep. right? And that's kind of how they yes. got four or five. What number are they on now? That's kind of a neat deal, but what number are they on now? I don't even know what they're on <laughs> because I mean, the grandkids, you know, as everybody gets, as everyone is born, they get a number, a number is given to them and that's their race number that, you know, that they use. So um, nice. it, it's kind of a cool deal. So um, well, I was 71, Bert, and I can promise there wasn't 71 generations <laughs> of racers in my family. Was too. So, so, but uh, 
Let's start off in the mods, right? I mean, yes. Didn't, didn't somebody <laughs> go three in a row there? Trifecta for this guy? Uh, yeah, uh, Mike Mullen is uh, on a roll in the modified at Shano Speedway. Uh, he just makes it look so easy. I don't know if you watch that race, but he just makes it look so easy out there. I mean, he's a smooth driver, but he's also an aggressive driver. He knows what he has to do um, to get to the front. <laughs> he's, got, he's got that vision and that track awareness, right? Like he can kind of anticipate what, when things are going to happen. So like he's, I would say he's patiently aggressive. So he's always kind of watching ahead of him instead of watching the air cleaner or, Hey, look, there's a hood pin, right? He's watching ahead of him in a just great anticipation and be fun to see how many wins in a row that guy can get over there. And he ran well on the late model too, with a podium finish. Yeah, I, I'm hoping he keeps coming to Shano Speedway to race. I mean, you know, he's a driver that, uh, you know, he, he'll race at 141 Speedway um, a lot. And with, you know, 141 Speedway has a clash at the Creek 10,000 Wayne show uh, later in June. So, you know, I would imagine he'd like to go there and get some laps in at that track before. But if he has a win streak going at Shano, I hope he keeps coming back until... <laughs> Until I that's think broken. all the modified guys are like, no, he can leave. He can, we, <laughs> he can be gone. Somebody else can race for this. It's kind of getting to be like Kyle Larson was last year. Just keep on winning. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. And uh, in the late model division, um, Nick Avlink wins again. And But he didn't, he didn't win from the front row this time. He, he started fifth. Actually, Mullen started uh, sixth. They both started side by side. And... Uh, I mean, when I initially watched the start of that race, I thought that, you know, maybe Nick jumped the start a little bit, but then I watched the replay and he didn't jump, but he just got a really good start. <laughs> right, right. So we're going to move him maybe from a C plus, B minus somewhere in that neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, I mean, three, he, three he, wins on the year now, isn't that? Doubled up this weekend. Three and, wins and four races. Uh, in, and the I mean, other one was one, a second? A third. A third, okay. He's, he's, but he started ninth in that race and got up the third. So, right. I mean, that's that's, right. that's not too bad either. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's a pretty hot start right there for Anvilink, for sure. And uh, there was one more race, and this one, I'm kind of excited to hear about this one. Uh, yeah, Plymouth Dirt Track uh, opened their season on Saturday night. Uh, I believe there were 16 late models there. And um, we can't call Justin Ritchie the bridesmaid anymore. <laughs> Because <laughs> he uh... about time, man, about time, and uh, yeah, it's good to. See. I, we knew it was coming. I mean, you don't run that good for that long. Finish podium, podium, podium. You just don't continue to do that without sneaking in a win. And and there's going to be more than one this year because, quite honestly, at Gravity Park, I I think he was as fast or faster than Nick. You know, had he got out in front, Nick wasn't going to get wasn't going to get by him. So. You know, it was one of those deals. He's been he's been on the tear, and it'd be good to see if he can maybe uh, keep on winning in that seventy. Yeah, I mean, and even when he raced at Shano Speedway, you know, the few weeks you know prior to Plymouth opening, you know, he was what he finished second at least one of the was it both nights? Okay. I think both. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, he has podium finishes in both both races at Shano Speedway, and a first at uh, Plymouth and a second at Gravity Park. So yeah, I mean, he's right there with Nick. You know, it's too bad those two don't compete against each other weekly. <laughs> <laughs> right. He started, oh, he had a rough night, kind of the first night, kind of getting things out of the way at Cedar. 
and then yeah i mean all all top twos after that so those two it'd be fun to see them guys head to head a whole lot more this year hopefully we see that with the of course, with the Discount Shop Cows Dirt King series, that would be uh, outstanding to see both of them follow it. So, Anvilink, no taking nights off this year. Just just follow that series. <laughs> we we want to see that. So, um, anything else happen over there this week, Bert? Um, that that's pretty much um, uh, the dirt stuff that happened over in eastern Wisconsin. Um, I I guess I do want to mention. I mean, this is an asphalt thing, but I just want to mention them because. They really didn't get a season in last year, but Madison International Speedway opened up yesterday with the Joe Shear uh, Classic, and uh, Rich Bickle, legendary Rich Bickle, won. He had, wow. Earlier this year, he announced this would be his final year of racing, so him winning this race is, is a big deal, and um, I'll be having a story in the first issue of Full Throttle about uh, Madison International Speedway opening up again this year because... They only had one race that they hosted last year other than an enduro race and the race they did host um, the health department would, would not let them have fans in the stands. So what they did was they parked spectators in the infield and allowed the spectators to watch the racing around them. <laughs> so it was something different. Uh, I talked to the uh, Greg McCarns, the owner of Madison International Speedway, and he said uh, they lost money on the deal, but it was a victory from a from a emotional standpoint and just being able to put on a race last year. But uh, everything is is full steam ahead in 2021, and um, he has a lot of stuff planned for this year. Exactly. So on the other side of the state, right, and into <laughs> Minnesota, into the into the Dakotas, the Wasota season, kind of the they are they aren't all Wasota tracks over there, but lots of racing. And I guess probably the headline, everything talking about Fanless, the Red Cedar Speedway, their first event back since 2019. So hats off to them. Almost didn't happen. They had to cancel opener because of some COVID protocols, and they decided heck with it. We're we're just we're done. We're not gonna. We're, we're done canceling and they decided they're going to open up. They couldn't have fans, but they had a unlimited capacity in the pits. So hopefully that worked out for them. And it was the Randy bus icebreaker over there. And uh, it was pretty cool to see that back bird. I mean, a lot of history over there and Jimmy Mars who told me that he was going to Boone and that he <laughs> did not go to Boone. So I don't know what that's all about, but he he's heavily involved of course with, with right. the Red Speedway, and I think that he just wanted to be there to kind of help them open up, which was cool. And uh, the late model guys that raced there probably thought otherwise because he gave them an absolute curb stomping and drove away. Um, the modified race, Bert, was excellent. Um, Ashley Anderson made it all the way to turn one before he spun out, and uh, there was a little contact. The guy kind of come down. They got together. Next thing you know, 81's pacing the wrong way. Yellow comes out, he goes to the back, and he charged from last, which I think there was 12 cars, but he charged all the way to the front and put like a straightaway on Mike Anderson. Mike Anderson's no slouch. I think he had like 11 wins last year, and uh, when you come from last to drive by him to win, that's impressive. That, that's getting her done. And a little side note there, you know, we, we talked about the Red Cedar Speedway, and of course you got you know, SK Speedway, and of course you got Jim Falls that's racing on Sunday, or that used to race Sundays, now on Fridays. Red Cedar had the best car count. They had 68 total cars. SK had 53, and uh, 
Donkey Award number one, Bert, going to the Eagle Valley Speedway, 39 cars in six classes. 39 cars. It's like, come on, man. I mean, we, we kind of thought this was going to happen. You know, they're not having mods this week. And, you know, they actually had a fairly decent count in Midwest mods and the modifieds. The other classes was horrible car counts. But, uh, man, I, I just hopefully they find a way to make this deal work. Some of them guys that race down there are going to run superior once they open up on Fridays. But uh, too many tracks in the same area. Of course, you got Mississippi Thunder not too far away. They're USRA, but they still get a few guys bouncing in and out of there. I just don't see how this is going to work. It, it's not a good sign of, of things to come when, when you have that few cars. But, uh, yeah, the Donkey Award there going to Jerry. Love you, man. But I don't know. I, I hate to be the one I told you so. But hopefully uh, hopefully it's profitable for them, guys. Hopefully they find a way to make it work. But I wish they'd go a little um, bit different angle there, Bert. It's, it's hard to have a successful race program if you only have 39 cars. And what, you, what did you say, six divisions? Six divisions. And this week they got they dropped the mods for this week because they brought in the their USRE late models and some kind of a – a sprint car show on um, there having uh, some, some sprint cars there as well. And, you know, maybe, maybe with that, um, maybe they'll get some sprint cars. Of course, the USRA late models not racing this weekend on at the Mississippi Thunder Speedway because of the world of outlaw event. So maybe they'll pull in some cars for them. I really hope so. They're close enough to Cedar where they might get some sprint cars. I, I can't remember which ones they're running, but uh yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see for sure, and I guess that's something that uh, we're going to keep a very close, watchful eye on to see what happens there. Now, jumping over to Cedar Lake on Saturday, I talked about how impressive Ashley Anderson was winning, of course, night number one from last at Red Cedar. He chucked a slider on the king of sliders, Jake Tim, and uh, he got a little aggressive. He drove off and doubled up two nights, two wins for Ashley Anderson, Jake Tim. I should give him a donkey award too. I didn't have it on the list. Donkey award going to Jake Tim as well. Dude, how do you forget the scale? Right? He doesn't go to, I don't know if he didn't scale or he didn't go to tech or whatever, but he got disqualified. I can assure you he won't do it twice. All right. I mean, so I don't know the hundred percent the full story. I know for sure he did not go to tech, but I have a feeling that he drove right by the scales as well. He had a second place finish. He was fast, but uh don't do that this weekend if you're in the top three with the late model at Mississippi Thunder because that pays very well and you don't want to miss out on that. Um, also at Cedar Lake, they had the the legendary Bob Cook. Um, of course, he passed away this, I think it was this winter, wasn't it? Or was it last, end, end of the summer, last winter? It was in the fall or winter, yeah. Some, yeah. yeah. And I mean, historic family. The, what? really what they did for racing. I mean, the Cook family taking Cedar Lake from like nothing, right? And building that into the mecca of racing really in, in the area. If you take Wisconsin, Minnesota, the Dakotas, in my mind, Cedar Lake's been the mecca of dirt track racing for a long time. Of course, with the USA Nationals, those guys started that from absolutely nothing. You know, I talked to Puka about days back where they had to like basically bribe people to come right? Like, well, we'll give you free entry. We'll give you tow money. And the things that they did to build that to what it is today, which is just a spectacle. Um, but they did a really cool tribute for him. Um, Brad came out and said some stuff before the races and they had a, 
a nice tribute for him uh, prior to the features at intermission and, you know, kind of a nice send off and, and good to see a good crowd and a good car call for the Bob Cook Memorial late model action there. Somebody that uh, had an off season last year, Jake Radetzky parking it in victory lane. Bert, he almost gave that one away. Did you watch that race? I did not watch it. <laughs> oh man, he he was leading, he was gone, and then like in the middle of three and four with like two to go, it's like he jumped the cushion and he's like way up on the flat by the wall. I'm like, what is he doing? And the announcer was a little late to the call on this, but he's like 27 off the pace, you know, like because I mean he lost a bunch of ground and coming off four, Steve Larson to the inside of him. I think Radetzky beat him by maybe half a car at the line. I mean it was a lot closer than it should have been. I mean, it really was. And uh, so that was, that was some pretty exciting stuff over at Cedar Lake, the Midwest mod. I'll, I'll mention this in the power ranking show, Jason Vandekamp, who's been struggling. He parked it in victory lane last lap pass on Nick Ayotte, who's been running really well. I don't think he has a win in his career. He hooked a rut bird in the last corner, shoved the nose, Vandy Camp got him off a of four. It's like, ugh, I felt bad for the kid. I knew Vandy Camp was going to be coming sooner or later, but I felt bad for Ayok. But I have a feeling we're going to see him in victory lane. Now, Deer Creek, a little bit of interesting stuff. So down at Deer Creek, they had, of course, USRA late or USRA mods down there. Josh Angstbert, he took a rollover. I think he must have went over six times in the heat race. He was okay. Car. I don't think it was very good. I think that he might need a new race car after that. I haven't heard all the details, but uh, there was some mayhem coming off to turn two on the start of the heat, and he tumbled that thing quick, fast, and in a hurry. But a uh, little bit of drama, a little bit of drama at Deer Creek, and uh, something that people didn't really talk about. I was talking to Dan Nisalki, who's been red hot in the Supers, and he's like, yeah, I got second. And I, I texted him. I'm like, yeah, you 10th to second. I'm like, I missed the heat. What'd you do in the heat? Why'd you start 10th? He's like, Why well, redrew 10th? I'm like, You redrew 10th? How'd you redraw 10th? He's like, Well, what do you mean? I said, There was two heats. So the rules for Wissota Burt is on opening night, they redraw. And if there's one heat, you redraw five. If there's two heats, you redraw four. If there's three heats, you redraw three. If there's four heats, you redraw two. I'm like, At no point do you redraw 10th. That's just not even a thing. How do you redraw 10? That's only going to happen. Or five heats, you redraw one, excuse me. So there was two heats. They redrew five. I don't know. They've been with Soda for a long time. Nobody caught it. And, and here's what happened, though. The guy that got the fifth in heat two, he redrew the front row. And he Spencer Stock, I think, is what his name was. And he parks it in victory lane. Nisalki comes from 10th to second. I'm like, dang, you shouldn't have started 10th. And that dude shouldn't have started on the front row. He capitalized. Congrats to him for capitalizing on it. But uh, I told Dan, I said, that's not really on Deer Creek. That's on you. I said, uh, when, when you're racing for points and you look at the lineup, you got to know the rules. Yeah. You know, I mean, I promise you, if I would have been there and I would have been in his shoes and I would have been starting 10th, the second I saw that lineup, I would have been right up to the booth and I would have been like, ah, no, <laughs> no, you're doing this all wrong. Here's the rules because uh, that's, I just paid way too much attention to details. Some people said I had major OCD. I did. Uh, there's no, there's no question about that, but I would have caught that. And uh, I told Dan, I said, you got to pay attention to that, man. I mean, 
So Nasalki, another second. He's been, I think, four or five seconds on the year for him. He's been solid. And so there was a lot of races. I-94, of course, they opened up two birds. They had a double header opening up and a little bit of action over there. Did you get a chance to watch anything over at I-94? No, I did not. <laughs> Jeffrey Massengill, right? Jeffrey Massengill won one feature all of last year, but how many top fives did he have, right? I mean, just countless. And, and that's a team right there that they go to every big show, everywhere there's money on the line, Every like they're going down this weekend. They're going to go down to uh, Mississippi Thunders, is, from what I understand, as long as their stuff's ready to go. But they hit all them big shows, top fives everywhere, and they won opening night over at the I-94 Speedway. Then he follows it up by getting third the next night. He started like fourth row. Then he follows it up again on Sunday at Granite City's opener, parks it in victory lane again. He already doubled his win count from 2020, two wins on the year for 6M. Modified racing, that was exciting too. Now, if I said, man, Shane Sabraski, he was battling for the lead a couple nights in a row, you, and I said, how many do you think he won? You'd say at least one, right? Zero. Yeah. <laughs> he won zero. He was good. Not, not, I mean, not great in the mod. He was there. Chris Menson shocks the world. First win ever, I think, in seven years of racing. And he looked good. Brand new SSR car. He, he crossed over on Sebraski a couple of times and drove by Jason Good to win. And then uh, a 17-year-old, Ryan Gerke, he got his first career win in a modified the next night. So some great racing, tons of racing action. You know, check in, folks, to the, to the power ranking shows because there's a ton of movement in the power rankings in all of these classes because there was a lot of racing going on. But uh, overall, there was some exciting racing um, happening this weekend over there, Bert. So let's get into uh, let's get into some national news. Let's get into some national news. Uh, let's start with the world of outlaw late models. The Hawkeye 100 over in Boone, modified track, modified track, a little bit of a bull ring, slicing, dicing. I'm gonna let you start. What stuck out to you? I'm pretty sure you watched Boone. So what stuck out to you over there? Um, well, what stuck out to me initially is, well, I mean, the racing was really good. I mean, but the car count, um, I mean, there were only 24 late models. You didn't even need a concy. You didn't even need a provisional to get in. No um, seven provisionals at this one. I mean, where were the Iowa drivers? I mean, where was Chris Simpson? Where was Chad Simpson? Um, I mean, this track is in your in your home state i mean we're i i i don't under i don't understand where those drivers were where, where was jake tim you know he's talking about running late mall he's following the mlra deal he follows that but he didn't go to the 30 grand to win race down there 24 cars you know you're exactly right 24 cars at that deal and, and really there was eight or nine ten maybe world of outlaw guys I mean, it just uh, very disappointing. Now, you know what they say, you get three good cars and you can have a race, right? You know, you can, yeah. <laughs> two, two cars can have a race. So there still was some good racing, but night number one, Bert, they had initially planned to have twin Hawks where they were going to do that Oprah Winfrey format, right? Where you, you know, you, you just run the heats and then you split them equally. And they're like two 12 car features, not real exciting. So 
on the fly, hats off to the world of outlaws. They had to they had to make an adjustment. And they said we cannot do that. So they actually went with two 24 car features. And what they did, the first feature is they decided that one was going to be for points. So that was a point show. And then they had then they drew one through 12 to how many they were going to invert. And then they they ended up redrawing 12. So they inverted 12. Of course, Shannon Bad got 12th in the first one, started on the pole in the second one. So they had to change the format there. No points in the second race. First thing that happens, Kyle Strickler changes a tire on in staging. From what I understand, it didn't delay anything. He just evidently there's a rule, right? You can't change a tire on staging. I don't know why that is. We used to do that all the time. Not that I was Kyle Strickler or a World of Outlaw guy, but I remember being in Proctor many times, right? And they had a three tire compound rule in the super stocks, and that we would do that. We'd put a we put a hard tire on or whatever in the pits and we'd have the guys we're racing against and be looking at our right rear. So they'd go quick and they'd go change a tire and I'd park over there off to the side and staging. And as they pull on the track, my pit guy Changa, and then they change a tire, put the medium tire on. I'd pull on the track, get back in the line and I had a medium tire. Oh, they had hards on. So I get it. It's part of the game. When you, when you're on multiple tire compounds, that's part of the game is, is doing that. And, I actually called out Casey Schumann. Um, I, I jumped on a, a post on World of Outlaw, and I said, yep, World of Outlaw, you can you can dump a guy into the fence and keep going and not go to the back, right? You can, like, literally destroy somebody. As long as you keep going, you go to the back. And I said, then if you change engines, you, go to, you get your spot back, or you go to the back. And he's like, no. No, if you change engines, uh, you get your spot back. I'm like, okay, okay, that's fair enough. That's a good rule. But changing a tire in uh, in staging, you go to the back? How's that work, right? You get your spot back, I should say, for yard sailing somebody, but you go to the back for changing a tire in staging. You go to the back for being late to staging. That's the dumbest rule ever, by the way. Okay, now, if you're late to staging and you cause a delay in the program where – like the cars are pulling on the track and you're dicking around and you're not lying and then they got to wait for you or whatever, boom, put you to the back. Absolutely. We don't need to be waiting for you. But this 10 minutes before the race or whatever the bell is, if it doesn't cause a delay in the program, who cares? Who cares? There is no, it makes no sense putting somebody to the back if it doesn't cause a delay in the program. I, I totally disagree with that rule. I disagree with the changing tires in staging rule. That should be perfectly allowed as long as it doesn't cause a delay. Now, if you're changing tires, right, and all of a sudden they're like, hey, we got to get going, get on the track, and they're they're waiting for you, absolutely put you to the back that's causing a delay to the program. I get it. Bert, what is your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, it's their organization. It's their rule. They can do what they want. Um, I mean, I, I see your point. Uh, to play devil's advocate, I mean, it, if they don't, punish people for being late and if they don't punish people for changing tires everybody would be trying to do it every race and you know i i guess you know they're trying to avoid that uh, but yeah i i see where you're coming from i'm, I'm trying to walk down the, the middle of the road here um but uh but yeah i mean i mean i agree with you from the standpoint that you know, you can punt somebody on the track and get your spot back, but then you have all these other little piddly things that you, they're going to send you to the back. And he said, well, you know, we've had talks with drivers and we put them on probation. 
okay wow. so so what what does that do i mean it let's be honest right we we've been bashing this no fault caution rule forever right we talk about like people like tyler herb you know who's indefinitely suspended from the world of outlaws because he took things into his own hand because the world racing group didn't have the balls to make a decision right so they won't make a judgment call to eliminate drama but they'll make a judgment call if you're late to staging i totally wow. agree with you if everybody's doing it and all of a sudden they're delaying the program this got that's that can't be a good deal but here's the deal once that if there's a gate or whatever maybe have the that race is over and boom that that flag goes up if they're still if they're not ready if they're not moving when when the cars pull out man that person goes to the back that's so easy to police i mean come on I mean, if they're, if, if I don't care if you got 12 people down there changing tires, if they're changing tires and when they open the gate for people to go on the racetrack, if they're, if they're pulling on the racetrack with everybody else, no big deal. No big deal. Now, if they're waiting for them or they're delaying it, yeah, I can see how that's a big deal. But yeah, it just, some of the logic makes no sense, right? It just it just drives me nuts. But it's uh, it'll, it'll be kind of fun to kind of keep an eye on some of that as we move forward. Let's get to the racing action. So Strickler well, went to the... It, well, and you said that happened to Strickler? Strickler was changing the tire? Okay, yeah, because we'll get into a no-contact thing later on, and he was involved in that. Yes, <laughs> or we will. Or in the contact and coming to a stop on the track. Yeah, and we'll, we'll, we'll let the fans make a call on that one is what we'll do here. So into the racing action, Brandon Shepard looked like he was going to win another one of those, you know, I guess twin features. But this wasn't a this wasn't a cut in half race. This was still a full race. So I, I thought maybe oh, he's going to win one of the preliminary nights because that's what he's been doing lately. Nope, nope. MB Customs, Kane Dillard sneaks on by him and he gets the win on a points night. I think it was only three grand to win, but a valuable points night for Dillard. Race number two in that deal, like I said, they flip-flopped it and the track was done. It was just garbage, right? And uh, Shannon Babb won that deal. I mean, really not much racing, but I will say this, the World of All Us had an excellent rule for that race. Um, something I thought was a great idea and, and really to kind of keep the cost on, on a sport that's already way too expensive the rule was you had to start feature number two with the same tires that you had in feature number one. That was a great rule. Absolutely love that rule. And uh, if you did decide to change tires, you had to go to the back. And Strickler was one of them. He finished so far back in the first one that he took a chance. Brandon Shepard, though, he was scheduled to start, I believe, in the fourth, maybe fifth row. Fifth row, maybe it was. No, sixth row. He was in the start 11th. He got second in that deal. He actually opted to go back and it bit him. I mean, the track just, there was there was not enough racing for him to make it back up there. Um, but that was a good rule by the World of Outlaws to change that so they couldn't run multiple sets of tires and just throw a bunch of money away. Because as a race car driver, you're going to put new tires on if you have the opportunity to. And uh, that was World of Outlaws looking out for him. So I thought that was a great thing there. And anything else there from Friday night with the World of Outlaws? No, not from not from Friday night. So Saturday night, hundred lap feature. We'll talk about that in a second here. First fifty laps, incredible. 
I mean, it was amazing. Slide jobs throughout the field. The old man, Billy Moyer, the goat, chucking sliders with Strickler for like the first 12 laps. I'm like, this is awesome. Pierce, you know, going three wide with people. I'm like, if this if this keeps up for 100 laps, oh, my God, this is amazing. It could be race of the year. And uh, then on lap 22, on lap 22, um, there, was a, there was a yellow. Things kind of got bottled back up there. And on the ensuing restart on the next lap, Ricky Weiss and the high side tickler, Kyle Strickler, they get together. And, and fans, I'm playing it right now. You make the call. You make the call. You look at it. I don't know, Bert. I want you to tell me what you what you saw here. I'll kind of give you my input a little bit. But really, the fans, if you're watching this, you make the call on this one. It, this was, a, my opinion, kind of a tough call to make, it would have been. What, what's your thoughts? Well, see, I, I don't think it was that tough of a call. I, I thought, I mean, it was clearly uh, Weiss's fault. Um, his car just drifted right up into Strickler. And, my, and if you watch Ricky... Because this happened in in one and two. If you watch Ricky, the previous in three and four, his car did the exact same thing. It wouldn't turn. He went into the corner and his car just drifted to the top. Um, it wouldn't turn, and that's the same thing that happened when he entered one. But this time Strickler was was there, and I mean he spun Strickler. So yeah, I mean Strickler he got burned by the changing, but the tire the previous night had to go to the back, and then he gets in my opinion, he gets taken out. I mean, it may, it, it wasn't intentional, but, but, uh, you know, he gets taken out by this contact, but Weiss continues on and gets to keep his spot back and Strickler goes to the back in this instance too. <laughs> yeah. And, and I would have called it that way. If there was a judgment call, I would have called it on Ricky, but I think it was a little closer in my opinion, you know, again, fans, you look at it, you make the decision on what you think, but, but Strickler diamond that one, he didn't roll the top. He banged it in the one and he diamond across. And you're totally right. Ricky came in, picked up a push, and he skated up into him, but he didn't skate quite as bad as he did the lap previous. He still skated up, but I think they kind of came down together. Strickler gets turned around. Ricky gets his spot back. Ricky goes on to a fifth place finish, another top five for Weiss, which was good with Strickler. It just went from bad to worse. A handful of laps later, he gets a flat tire. Then, then when he's going to pull off the track, he next thing you know, there's Ricky Weiss to the outside. He almost runs into him. So, I mean, it just was a bad deal. But uh, lap 50, lockdown. It was – they really, they could have thrown the checkered at that point. Uh, the smooth operator, Bobby Pierce, parking that deal. I tell you, he, he, he was – you could tell he was tight, but he – I watched his victory lane interview and, and he's like, I could have went harder. I could have slowed down. He goes, he was watching lappers though, to see if any, cause they were sliding around. A lot of the lappers were skating. And he's like, I was waiting to see if anyone started blowing right rear tires off their car. He goes, being that nobody did, I figured I could still stay in the pump pretty good. And yeah, Pierce won, bad second, B step third, all three Illini guys. And uh, none of us picked the winner in this one, Bert. Uh, we none of us got this one right. What was I had a top five? You, you I had... <laughs> my guy wasn't even there. I, I picked Brian Shirley. I figured he was going to be there. He well, I, I think you should lose a win if you pick somebody I, who actually wasn't there. I'd probably have negative points. I've done that enough time. I'd probably be have negative points um, right now. So I got a question for you, Bert. Okay, that's not a that's not a late model track. It's a modified track. Prepping a track 
for a late model. In my opinion, it's a little different. You got to have more moisture in it because the wider tires, they blow the track off, especially a hunter lapper. Do you think that when a new track comes to the forefront for a, a big world of outlaw, Lucas Oil, big late model show, should they maybe go year one and let's let's keep it at 40, 50 laps, right? Should should they do that or what's, what's your thoughts? Uh, I mean, that's not a bad idea. I mean, I was a little surprised that this one was 100 laps because normally, I mean, there is no rule, but it's, you know, I, I think it's kind of an unwritten rule that crown jewels are 100 laps. So that's why I was kind of surprised that this one was 100 laps um, from the get-go. Right. Um, you know, I, I could see having some races here and then increasing it to 100 laps at some point. But, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on that. Um, I'm guessing they didn't farm the track before the feature. No, they did. They did. It oh, started, they did? Yeah, they did. It started, they farm it. I mean, they, and they had the farming at Boone. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, they know yeah. how to farm a track there because they, they do. The, but 24 late models, I mean, 50 laps. I mean, it lasted 50 laps and then it was just gone. And uh, that's, you know, I, it's one of those deals. And I think it, I think what happened is when they farmed it, the bottom was still a little greasy, right? So about the first 25 laps of that deal, not a lot of guys were really running the bottom. When they went down there, it started to marble up middle of high. So then everybody went down there because it was high and then it locked down is what happened. So one of those deals where they live and learn, but good racing overall. And, you know, uh, B-Shep kept out of victory lane again, a podium finish. So, I mean, that's another guy. He's kind of got the Justin Ritchie deal going on, right? He's there. He's been there lately, second, third, fourth. He's been there. At some point, he's got to get a win, a real win, not a half a win, a real win, right? So with that said, Bert, let's go. Let's, well, let's... before we move on, I have what? one thing. I was watching the feature, and um, I chuckled at one point because uh, not the regular World of Outlaw announcer, but uh, – I don't know if that's the normal track announcer, but they had two announcers announcing that feature. And at one point when he was talking about Bobby Pierce, he goes the smooth criminal. <laughs> I heard, I did hear that. I, I did. Yeah. The smooth criminal, you know, the other thing I heard the announcer say that I think this was Rick Eshelman in the, um, in the first feature, he's like, Ricky Weiss has punched his ticket to the struggle bus or something like that. And, uh, and he was terrible, but he actually had, he rebounded pretty good in the second one. And of course the top five in the main event. So the, turned out to be good for Weiss, but he's been hit or miss really bad. And, and like you said, he may have gotten a gift there, right? He may have gotten a gift that could have very easily went the other way. Well, Keith, we didn't forget about you. Let's get into sprint car racing, right? There was three nights of sprint car racing this weekend for the world of outlaws, Bert. And, and Thursday was absolute insanity i mean it was mayhem it was craziness now i'm gonna ask you this and i'm guessing that you were a late model guy this weekend did you watch any of the sprint car stuff the highlights anything oh yeah i watched the highlights for all three races yeah perfect perfect because this was i'm telling you this particular race at jacksonville unbelievable i mean it's a quarter mile but it had little man syndrome right big attitude Small track, big attitude, little man syndrome, right? But it was crazy. Um, so lots of drama. I mean, there was countless times where people got together upside down and drivers yelling at each other and all pissed off. I mean, you could tell. I mean, one guy got tipped over and he's like basically bashing the guy in his interview. I mean, it was 
there was some intensity going on during this one, including there was a big rut in one and two. Wayne Johnson hooked that rut. He tumbles, right? And all of a sudden, like, here comes Aaron Reitzel in six with a seeing eye dog spot. He forgot to bark when the car was there because he had like a mile. He literally just drove right into him. He slides right into him. He wasn't even, this guy rolls over coming out of the corner. Reitzel wasn't even into the corner when the car stopped and he just slid right into him. Then Reitzel gets out of his car, bird, proceeds to go over and starts yelling at the guy, right? It's like, hmm, okay. All right, fair enough. Well, donkey award going to Aaron Reitzel because you should not let your mouth write checks that your ass can't cash, okay? Because before the race is on Friday, um, let's just say that Wayne Johnson was going to try to shut him up quick, fast, and in a hurry, and they were about ready to get into a full-fledged box, boxing match before the race is at I-70, I don't think I'd want to mess with that guy. Reitzel don't look very big. And, and uh, I think that uh, he may think twice about maybe lipping off to, to Wayne Johnson again. So I don't know if you saw any of that stuff on Facebook, but that was. Yeah. It, well, I want, I want to make one comment. I mean, I want to say in defense, well, not total defense of Reitzel, but he, I watched that a couple times and he hit the same, it, it wasn't, a rut i mean it was actually like a big patch right uh, where it was rough and he right also hit that and it looked like he lost it, control of his car a little bit after he hit it i don't know if he would have still been able to avoid hitting him even if that rut wouldn't have been there so yeah i mean maybe he should have known uh he should have been able to slow down before the rut but i think once he hit the rut he lost control of his car a little bit where he couldn't and, and with that said right okay i'll give him i'll give him kudos or props or you know i'll, I'll give him a pass i should say on sliding into him but getting out and yelling at the dude that oh yeah i agree with that. I'm like, yeah. dude, seriously i mean come on right now now the race it got interesting right because there's a yellow fairly late in the race right and so i'm looking at this here sheldon hottenchild gone checked out gone right eight to go boom Right rear tire, that seems like a familiar deal. I don't know how many times. I, I know it's been at least two or th for sure two other times, maybe more, that Sheldon Hodenchild was leading features this year and the right rear tire went on him. So that's that's like a, I'm not sure. I mean, he's got horrible luck, kind of like Josh Richards had last year. The guy kept getting flat tires every night. Sheldon, crazy fast, right rear tire gone. From eight laps to go to the end, there's actually a couple more restarts, including a last lap restart. Um, but I'll actually, let me back it up. So on this restart, let me saw this, but there was absolute mayhem, right? Um, Larson hooked that rut. Macedo gets by. Sweet makes it three wide, right? And they all kind of get together. Sweet gets turned around. It's like, maybe I jinxed him. I don't know. I, I said, if he unloads at a dirt track, he's in the top three. I've evidently not so much because I don't think he finished in the top three all weekend. But uh, he he got into Macedo. Macedo kind of hooked that rut and kind of wheel hopped. And so it was kind of some craziness there. But then on the last, there was a green-white checkered, right? Green-white checkered restart, Brad Sweet leading. They come into turn one. Boom! Donnie shots to the lead. Donnie... He's going to get win number 300. Bert's going to get a point. Jeff's going to get a point. He's got this deal. Shots is going to win. It's over. It's over. He's getting 300. Nope. Nope. Brad Sweet steals his thunder, slides right back by him, 
and Brad Sweet goes on to take away the hopes and dreams of Bert, Jeff, and Donnie Schatz on night number one. I guess that would have been for the weekend. Night number two, they went to I-70 for a doubleheader, Bert. And it started, of course, with that Johnson Reitzel deal down in the pits. I mean, all kinds of intensity. Those they were, those two weren't the only two going at it. There was a lot of uh, intensity over the weekend. But, you know, kind of the big drama for me is Larson uh, Enduro Racing out there for the second straight night. Donkey Award goes to Kyle Larson. Young Money, congratulations. You're getting the Jackass Award. Did you see him garbage Mason Daniels' huh. defense? Oh, my God. That dude hit the wall wide open head on. I thought he was going to be hurt. I mean, he hit that thing a ton. Um, yeah, the fans can go ahead and watch this here. I mean, he just hip-checked him with the right rear, and it's right. just – that could have been really ugly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's something you don't expect Larson to be doing. And, you know – I mean, I, I'm sure he didn't intentionally do it, but I mean, he 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 body checked him with the rear tire and just jabbed him right into the wall. I mean, he hit him hard enough because it's not like the wall. It's not like they were two feet from the wall. I mean, the wall was like ten feet away from where they are, and he just stuffed them right into the wall. That's how far the car had to go to hit the wall. Right now, what's interesting is he interviewed Mason Daniel, right, and he's like, "Well, it was kind of my own fault." So he wasn't the guy to point the fingers. He's like, I was too tight, and we got together, and I hit the wall. He kind of took ownership on the deal. So kudos to him for not blowing up like a 12-year-old and, you know, screaming at Kyle Larson because, in my mind, I'm like, he just flat out got punted. But uh, he handled that like a, like a professional there. I thought that was pretty cool. And I'm trying to remember who won uh, night two here. Oh, yeah, the big cat, Brad Sweet, parking it in victory lane. I don't remember who picked him. We'll get to that in a second. Um, Saturday at I-70, again, again, Bert, again, Sheldon Hottenschild, how many times do we got to say he had it won? Had, past tense, right? Had, didn't win it, had it won. Seeing like a six-second lead or something with three to go, yellow. On the yellow, Brad Sweet sneaks by. Bert, you had Brad Sweet for Saturday. You got a point. Yes, I did. <laughs> I had him for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yes, you Boom! did. <laughs> I got three points. How about that, huh? I don't, I'm just, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, you know. Go ahead and bask in my glory here for just a minute. I'll take three there. The big cat, Brad Sweet. Thank you. I'd like to thank Napa. I'd like to thank Brad Sweet. I'd like to say, I think... Is it Casey Kane Racing? Does he own his car? Like, I don't remember who owns his hot rod, but whoever. Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah, I, I'd like to thank I, all them for the three points that I got this weekend with the World of Outlaws Sprint Cars. So let's get into the Lucas Oil Late Models. Ponderosa. Good racing at both of these, Bert. Um, in fact, I'm just going to go ahead. At Ponderosa, what stuck out to you? Because uh, I know what stuck out to me. Well, what stuck out to me was the fact that uh, T-Mac probably didn't sleep for a few nights after that race because that is, um, I haven't, I raced, I dabbled in racing go-karts for a short amount of time and I was leading a race and I pushed up in the corner and somebody got by me and I still remember that race to this day. So, I mean, McCready had that race one from beginning to end and on the last lap, 
Superman got by him on the outside. It, it was one of those cases where when you're leading, you don't know what the fastest way around the track is. Where if he you're just did that to RTJ, right? You just did that to Thornton. So you know it's you win well, some that way, you lose some that way. I don't know if you watched T Mac's interview after the race, and he basically said he got too complacent late in the race. <laughs> and then he said, right. my second to the last lap was bad. My last lap was bad. This, this one's on me, <laughs> you know, right. you know, and that's what I like about T-Mac. I mean, he, he'll tell you exactly how it is, whether it's good he, he or will. bad. <laughs> he will. He will. Now, what I got out of it is I picked T-Mac. So white flag <laughs> comes out. I'm like, yeah, another one. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to get another one here. Nope. JD cruises by. Bert had <laughs> All right, so that's two for you. But how about Keith? Bert, Keith, finally on the board. Congratulations, <laughs> Keith. Finally getting one right. Um, it took you a while, but you got one, right? You finally got one right. Now, so good racing at Ponderosa, but my race of the week, Florence. I'm telling you, <clears throat> I I was looking forward to that place. I mean, it's a slide job fest. Cushion pushing, ditch banging. That place is awesome. I mean, I just absolutely, I love that place. I mean, it is absolutely great racing. Josh Rice took down the tour regulars. I mean, he chucked slider after slider after slider after slider on Hudson O'Neill. And uh, O'Neill kept crossing over, crossing them over, crossing them over. Finally, he makes one stick. Turbo, of course, who's good at that kind of track. He came from pretty deep up the I don't know if he got third in that deal. He's top five for sure, but he was up there. Um, did anyone did anyone pick Josh Rice? Nobody would have done that. It's a Lucas Rice, right? right? Oh, no, I, I don't think so. Wait a second here. <laughs> I did. How about that? Four. Four. Count them. One, two, three, four on the week. Boom. We went how many weeks in a row, Bert, without any of us getting any right? Four week, four this week for me, two for you, one for Keith, Pete, Jeff, maybe next time. Maybe next time. <laughs> Josh Rice, I'm telling you, man, get that kid a big sponsor. He's legit. He He's very maybe, well, I don't, know, I don't want to say clean because he's aggressive, but he's a, he reminds me of like that turbo style. He's a high side hustler, slide jobber. I mean, he's a cushion pusher. I, you know, and he almost won that deal last year. I think you mentioned it that EPJ uh -huh. got by him there, you know, or it was side by side at the line. But uh, that kid's flat out talented. Yeah. Well, what, what? Yes, he is. He is very talented. And what was impressive about the victory? I mean, he definitely won it on the high side, but early in the race, he was actually racing the low side. So I mean, he wasn't afraid to race where he had to race at the at that specific time to get to the front but yeah i mean once he was up in the top two then it was off the cushion and slide job and then get past and then off the cushion again slide job and um so yeah i mean it's definitely i mean it's an upset because he's he's not a regular uh not a lucas regular but it's not a total shock that he won this race because he was so close last year and he's very familiar with this track as he races it quite a bit. And one thing that stuck out in my mind was, I mean, Florence was a track that earlier in the year was a plowed field when they were racing, 
they still have uh, some track issues they need to work on. <laughs> I thought it was fairly smooth. There was a couple little three and four. Three and four yeah. was choppy. Yeah, a little, a little bit. Not like it was an open. Well, no, not not like it was before. <laughs> but I mean, right. it it wasn't totally smooth. It's not totally smooth yet. Right, so. right. And I don't know how that place would be if it was totally smooth. Right. I think that's what well, makes that true. place so good. And he lapped Jimmy Owens at the line. Right. So yeah. But uh, actually, JD got third in that one because JD got win number ten on the year on Friday and another podium finish there. I'm telling you, Bert, he missed the night right with the Lucas series, and he's crawling his way back into the conversation here. And we don't. I mean, when is that deal in Texas? That's not until end of September, right? Same weekend as Knoxville. It it would be the week after Eldor after the World 100 because that's when yeah. Knoxville is. Yeah. So in September, I mean, we got several months of racing. What's going to happen if JD crawls his way back into the conversation and he's first, second in points in the Lucas Oil Series, and that race comes up? Is he going to Knoxville? Or is he going to go race for that 50 grand? It's going to be a very tough decision because I don't see him missing any Lucas stuff until that point, right? Right. He could very, very easily have a huge decision on his hands, go for 50 grand at Texas, race for the Lucas Oil Championship. It'll be interesting to see if he can climb himself right back up into the lead in that deal. When is that makeup race that uh, got canceled after the heat races? earlier this year because the the points aren't in the standings for that race yet are they no but was he did he go to that one no he wasn't at that one but what, I'm, that one but what i'm saying is he may be this close now but once those points get added in he's going to fall back right right well mm -hmm. in, in, unless he unless he just keeps on winning because you well, remember yeah. last year jimmy owens had like a 400 point lead right. or some crazy thing so I, I, we'll have to wait and see. It'll be interesting to see. Um, I tell you, though, I mean, he's on a tear. Double digit, oh, yeah. First guy to double-digit wins on 10 on the year. That, that's impressive. Jeff gave me some cool stats, and I didn't put this in the notes. So looking at this, Bert, 2021, there's been 12 World of Outlaw shows. Only four of the 12, four were won by World of Outlaw regulars, okay? Only four. Now, I'm going to pull this back up here because I can tell you exactly what four it was. So in the world of outlaws, you had Strickler. He won two, which I don't know, right? Is, is he committed to the world of outlaws? It could be very easily. He could well, drop right off that well, deal. With, with the luck that he's having, it wouldn't shock me at all if he dropped off the tour. Another one's Madden. He's another oh. one who could drop off the tour. And uh, Kate Diller. Now, now, I guess you can... Kindness, well, no, it doesn't really count as a world of outlaw win. That half a win that Bishop that wasn't a point show, so really four regulars and only one of them. And one of them, Dillard, had talked about at at uh, uh Bristol that maybe he was going to drop off the tour, so that, that's kind of in disarray. The Lucas Oil guys have won five world of outlaw races. Hmm, how about that now? Bobby Pierce won the two biggest. He's at 50 grand and winning. Of course, he won the Illini and he just won the Hawkeye. So the two biggest World of Outlaw races, a non-tour guy, you can call him a hell tour guy. 14 Lucas shows, 11 of them won by Lucas Oil regulars. Now, that's if you count JD. JD's got two. I don't know if we call him any, a Lucas regular this year. Maybe not because he didn't run all I, of them. I would count him as one. Yeah, kind of. 
So you got JD O'Neill with two, Tyler Herb with two, T Mac with one. Does T does T Mac have two now? No, he didn't. He should have. No, two. that was an outlaw uh, show yeah. that he won. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, T Mac's got one. Clanton, RTJ, Richards, and uh, Stormy Scott. Now. Zero World of Outlaw guys have won any Lucas shows. So the Lucas guys are clearly clearly given an ass kicking. Uh, the Lucas guys are clearly given an ass kicking to the World of Outlaw guys. JD, he's over 160,000 in winnings. I mean, it's it's like overwhelming, the winnings. So lots of late model action this week, Bert. Um, lots of it. So the World of Outlaw lates, of course, they're at Mississippi Thunder for the Dairyland. 12-5 to win on Friday, 22-5 to win on Saturday. The Thaw Brawl, which is the first Mars race over at LaSalle, three grand to win twin deal on Friday, but 12 grand to win Saturday. The Spring Nationals at White and uh, Smoky Mountain, 10,053 each. That's Ray Cook's deal. Um, now, the Spring Nationals at that deal, it sounds like you're going to see maybe, uh, um, I think Hudson O'Neill um, has that on his schedule. The Batesville Comp Cams deal, that's 12000 to win. Five the first night, Joe Garrison Memorial. Jonathan Davenport has that on his schedule. Atomic 30, which is uh, 5000 to win, and then 13000 to win. The Jackie Boggs Dan Reno Memorial. So it's going to, I mean, there's they're going to be heavily split. There's no Lucas races going on, but there's all kinds of big paying shows to be able to watch this weekend. Any, any thoughts there on... Uh, some of those stats or anything from the late models or anything coming up there that uh, I, I, Billy Moyer, he'll be down at Batesville too. I would imagine. Um, I would imagine. Yeah. Devin, Devin um, Moran. Um, I, I don't know if any of them, I don't know if any of the Lucas guys, I, I can see atomic that's in Tennessee, isn't it? So I can see maybe Jimmy Owens going there. I can see him maybe going there and trying to steal a win. Um, It'll be interesting to see. T-Mac doesn't typically run much except for the Lucas stuff, so I don't know if he'll pop in anywhere. Yeah, he and, yeah he, he usually just runs the Lucas stuff for the most yeah. part. So. Tyler, Bobby, Bobby Pierce has uh, Mississippi Thunder on his he schedule. He does, yeah. So let's get into some uh, who's hot and who's not. All right? So Although I, I did see, and I don't know if this – is a preview or what but uh i did see the uh promotional video for the upcoming mississippi thunder uh world of outlaw race and they had t-mac in the video so i don't know if that means anything <laughs> i did see that i did see that that would be cool i mean i mean it's 22 5 to win and he's he's fast why not show up then you know wouldn't it be something if uh a non-woo guy just won that one too I mean, <laughs> just you know i, I could you know I, I, there's a couple of local guys maybe jimmy marsh right maybe you know maybe somebody like that too well i, would, I mean i would justin or not justin but dustin Sorensen, jake tim them guys get up on the wheel at that place right so it'll be interesting. i mean who would have thought that we'd be uh you know, first week of May and Bishop doesn't have a win yet. We'll, we'll say he doesn't have a win yet. Uh, he doesn't have a points win yet. That is correct. He will come on. Be fair. He has a half a win. We're going to give him a half a win. Him and Jimmy Owens combined are at one win, right? Um, so that's that's not too shabby. 
They're at one win. I, by the way, I got four this week, and you got two. We're ahead of both of them guys. I, I did see. I did see in uh, Bishop's post race interview from Boone though that he's taking this not winning in stride because he said the consistency is getting better. You know, we're in the we're on the podium consistently, and they've decided to to not kick me out of the car yet. So. You know, and that's a tale of two stories, right? Because Bishop is in the conversation. He's there. I mean, he ran well at the Illini. He ran well at the Hawkeye. He's there. Jimmy Owens is, I'll just start with who's not. Jimmy Owens is like the top of the list. Like, I mean, he's so far out to lunch right now that it's like, but just cancel the season, play golf, something different. Like you are like, you got to figure something out. Like, well, last weekend, I mean, he, he's, he usually runs well at Florence, so that's why I picked him last week. But, yeah, he he's out to lunch right now, and, yeah, I, I'm not going to pick Nomics. him anymore. Yeah, he got he got lapped. I mean, it's like Jimmy Owens lapped at Florence. Who would have thunk it? I mean, I mean, all the greats have been lapped a time or two, but Jimmy Owens has been – that. that's my number one right now for who's not, Jimmy Owens. I, it's just yikes. I, I don't even know what to say, like – he's got to figure something out. Maybe, I mean, can you see a lot of these guys, right? You think Madden, you think you see some of these guys, all of a sudden they're struggling. Oh, we're going to change chassis brands. I mean, would it shock you? Would it shock you for Ramirez to go, you know what? We're we're this rocket deal ain't working. Let's just go order four long ones. Would that surprise you? Yeah, that would surprise me. Cause I don't know. Has he raced anything other than a rocket? Oh yeah. He raced Bloomquist cars back in the day. He did. Yeah. Would you call what he's doing now <laughs> racing? I mean, I, I, don't know. I wouldn't call it that. I mean, he wouldn't call it that either, right? Uh, another person on who's not um, on a local level, Pat Doerr. I mean, he's got three races. He started out good on the podium, got second, then he got fifth. He got tenth this last weekend at Cedar. Um, I kind of the way that he started out with a second and the way that he finished last year, I thought I thought that guy'd have some wins underneath his belt already, but just not looking impressive. And Scott Bloomquist, uh, does he even race anymore? I mean, he didn't go anywhere this weekend, I don't think. And, you know, he's obviously off the World of Outlaw Tour. There's all kinds of racing going on this coming weekend. I can see him maybe showing up at Atomic. I think that's probably the closest one for him. Maybe Batesville. He might show up at Batesville. Uh, he's he's had some success there in the past. Um, did you happen to see that interview um, that Rigsby did with Cody Sommer? I did not. I, I saw that he did an interview. I, I haven't listened to it though. He was, he was not, he wasn't can. I mean, he was very wide open. He's like, yeah, you know, when I partnered up with Bloomquist, I mean, this deal was a mess. I mean, it's still a mess. He said, he goes, there's got all kinds of issues here. There's money issues. He goes like, like, I want to try to help turn this thing around. And Bloomquist is like, man, I wish you were here 10 years ago. He was like me too. But he says, it's just, it's not even a, it's not even a real operation. I mean, the Bloomquist racing right now is an absolute laughing stock in the in national late model deal, um, which is sad because he's obviously one of the best ever to scrap into a race car. But I don't know where his head is. I mean, I mean, you'd think that he'd be racing. I don't know what he's trying to figure out right now, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I saw some glimpses earlier this year, Bert, of some speed, and I'm thinking, man, maybe he's turning the corner here just a little bit. And just, I don't know, I, I just don't see it. I, I think he may sneak in a win, maybe. He might get one, maybe, by the end of the year. Maybe cherry pick one somewhere. I just, I think his days are, I think his days are done. I just don't see him being the guy anymore. 
do you have on who's not? Uh, I mean, I I agree with you on Owens. He's on my list. Um, I'm putting Bishop on there just because he doesn't have a win yet. I mean, he is getting in the top three and, and whatnot, but I mean, he's got to get a win. Wins are key. And um, I'm going to put just because based on the season he had last year and what he's doing now this year, because you don't even hear his name at all, is uh, Brandon Overton. Um, Which is crazy. He's got, I think he's got eight wins, but I, I kind of looked at his stats there and he's got, you know, he's ran fairly well. I mean, better than Owens for sure, but he gets on some of these like Lucas and stuff like that lately. I mean, remember, he was leading the Lucas Oil Series when he decided to go to Bristol. Um, and then he just kind of laid an egg there. And ever since that weekend, it's been not good. It's been kind of junk. You're, you're right on with Overton. I would agree totally with that. Who do you got? Who do you think's hot? Give me give me a few that you think are hot. Well, I mean, you gotta you gotta go Brad Sweet. I mean, he's gotta be near near the top, if not at the top of who's hot. I mean, uh, a hat trick over the weekend. Um, can't do much better than that. Right. And then my other, my other two hot, um, I'm going to go local, uh, Eastern Wisconsin. I'm going to go Mike Mullen for his modified, um, uh, results at Shano Speedway. And he's not, he didn't do too bad in the late model either. He was in the top five. I can't remember exact four, third. Okay. Third. And um, and then I'm gonna go with Nick Avalink also. No, I'm trying to look it up right here, but I can't. I can't get it to pull up on my deal. I was trying to see how many wins Brad Sweet has, but uh, I mean, yeah, three in a row, and I think he had three or four in a row earlier this year too. So he's he's at least at seven. And for whatever reason, I, my Wi-Fi ain't quite working or whatever, but he's at least at seven. So in the world of outlaw sprint cars, Brad Sweet red hot right and uh he's he's been on fire um i'm i'll, I'll partner you know and link i mean would you say that would you jump him off a of c plus would you go a little higher yes yeah okay yeah so yeah we're gonna go ahead and say i Link. So, we'll, we'll go a b minus at this point so, you know, no no he's, 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 he's not winning by now he's definitely he, got an a so far this year he ain't lapped second yet right so yeah three wins <laughs> and a third for Link. Um, so that's uh, that's red hot right there. I mean, Jonathan Davenport. I mean, yeah. that guy has been absolutely rocket ship. You take that little stint he had out in Speed Weeks, you take that out of the equation, and that guy has been like literally, un I mean, almost unbeatable. I mean, he has been the man um, other than Speed Weeks. And he ended Speed Weeks with a second there, I think, at East Bay on his final night. And he skipped, uh, he skipped Volusia, and he went home. But ten wins on the year, over a hundred and sixty thousand in winnings. He's he's red hot for sure. So Bert, let's get into the last lap. And the last lap brought to you by Zuli's Performance, Zuli's Race Engines. I mean, they build winners. There's a tons a ton of guys out there with his stuff, especially in in the Wasota area. A lot of speed stocks. Um, I know that Vogel has one. I think Parker Anderson has one as well. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to Frank here this week and get a list of all the drivers so I can kind of keep an eye on that. But uh, thanks for the support there. Zuli's race engines. If it's that time of year, we're into the end of the season, hot and heavy now, right? Some tracks are just getting started, but if you start having issues with your engine, give him a call. He'll take good care of you. Now 
I saw, I have some shout outs, Bert. I got the first shout out I want to give my buddy, one of my old pit guys, Andy Gramala, parking it in Victory Lane this weekend for the first time since 2012 at Ogilvy. He looked good there at the opener. I mean, he killed him in the heat race that night. He's so patient, smooth. He's not a banger. Um, really excited to see Andy Gramala putting that thing in Victory Lane. Um, what do you you got any shout outs here? Anybody anybody you want to give a shout out to here on the last lap? Um, I wasn't prepared for that, so let me think a little bit. <laughs> I'll let you think on that. Now, uh, Ashley Anderson doubling up on the weekend, winning one from last. Shout out to him. Jeffrey Massengill, two wins on the year and a third place finish where he started pretty deep. I mean, he's been impressive. Right now, Bert, if I had to think about it in Wasota late model racing, I don't think that there's anybody better than the 6M on the bottom. I mean, he is lethal on the bottom. That thing is so fast. Now, what concerns me, he's still in his kryptonite, right? He has a car from Ricky that's not quite done yet. He's got one of them sniper chassis. Dude, sell it. <laughs> Get rid of it. Don't even bring that thing out, right? That kryptonite is so fast right now, and they made some adjustments to it. Why switch? I mean, until until Ricky proves that them kryptonites are fast, I would not want to be the, the crash test dummy in that deal. They're trying to race for a national championship. They're going to follow the Structural Buildings Challenge Series. Dude, stay with that kryptonite. I I, I don't even want to see him in that other car, but I, it's not my decision. Um, Did you happen to see, I don't know if I sent you that picture at I-30 Raceway down in Little Rock. There was a gal, I don't know if it was in a short tracker. She went over the fence and landed down in the trees. Did you see that picture? No, I, I did not see that. I'll post it on here so people can see that. Holy cow. So I, I got to thinking, right? So this track here, I mean, here in the hills, right? You know, over there in uh, over there in Batesville, that, that's pretty hilly area. You, you think about some of these tracks, even if there's a wall, but a lot of tracks don't have a wall where you go off the end and it, it's like you drop off like eight stories down there. And I looked at that, I'm like, they should almost have a catch fence on a track like that. You know, if you go over that wall, she landed on the trees. Sounds like she's, I think it was a gal, but it sounds like she was okay. But uh, kind of a scary deal. I mean, God only knows what's down there, you know, when you, when you crash over the fence. Any tracks over in your area have a situation like that where you go off the end and it's like, I'm going to land somewhere down there? Anything like that? No. Uh, all the tracks over on this side are pretty much uh, um, contained with walls. Actually, most of the tracks on this side of the state are in cities so right. it's <laughs> it's hard to go into a wooded area yeah you might land in somebody's living room but maybe not down a hill into a ravine or something like that another shout out i want to give this is a street stock guy dustin dowdy three in a row this weekend for him so he pulled the brad sweet parked it in victory lane three times this last weekend and uh did you see that bobby unser passed away Yes, I did see that. You know, eighty-seven years old. What's he got? Three Indy five hundred. One was controversial, if I if I remember correctly. Um, but obviously, the answer name and IndyCar mm. racing was amazing. A couple other people on, you know, from my neck of the woods in racing, Justin Elward. I raced with him for a long time. His dad passed away, and Don Ishens, former national champ, um, his dad passed away too. So, you know, our thoughts and prayers, condolences to all of them. Um, so. That's it on the last lap. Now let's get 
Bert, let's get to the picks of the week. All right, we've got, we got three events we're going to be picking here. And we're going to start with the World of Outlaw Late Models, the Dairyland. What is it? The Dairyland Shootout, I think is what it's called. Over I at believe the, so. At the Mississippi Thunder Speedway, Friday and Saturday. Of course, this race is going to be on Dirt Vision. Now, Jeff on Friday has Cade Dillard. Pete is going with a local boy, Dustin Sorensen for Pete. Keith is going with a local. Jimmy Mars, the Iceman. Bert, what say you? I'm going to be a homer also. I'm going with uh, the Iceman, Jimmy Mars. The Iceman, Jimmy Mars. No, I'm going with a guy that's been red hot, cushion pusher. That place seems to get one. I'm going to go with the smooth operator, Bobby Pierce, to win night number one. How about night number two? Um, Jeff actually took Pierce to win night two. He took him to big, win the big one. Um, he said he's going to continue on winning them 20-plus thousand races. Pete took Bishop. Keith took Mars for both. Who do you got? I have the smooth criminal, uh, Bobby ah, Pierce. You're going with Pierce. Now, I'm going to be kind of a homer on this one. Top five finish here on the last race. Um, he's going to have kind of the, the hometown, so to speak, area crowd in his corner. I'm going to take... Ricky Weiss to win the big one and uh, get the monkey off his back. It's been a while since he parked in Victory Lane. So, World of Outlaw Sprint Cars, Friday night. They're racing at Eldora this week. This kind of may be a precursor to all the big shows coming up. Pair of 10 grand to win shows, so not quite as big, but definitely points races. Jeff has David Gravel on night one. Pete has the big cat, Brad Sweet. Keith has Donnie shots to get win number 300 on night number one. Bert, who you got Friday night? I have Sheldon Hodenchild. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take Logan Schuhart, and I'm going to pick him both nights. Good on them half miles, and uh, that's, who I'm, uh, that's who I'm picking. So who do you got for night number two? Uh, Brad Sweet. You're taking Sweet. So I kind of went off the board because, and, and, <clears throat> I mean, you look at it here, Keith – Keith took shots in sweet. He's like a jinx to everybody, so I figured I'd just stay away from that. Um, Jeff took shots to win. Pete took shots to win. And then Keith, he took sweet to win. Now, we're going to pick one more race here. And uh, this is kind of a, a little different one because it's going to be on flow, the Mars Late Model Series. This is your Illini group. Now, throws a curveball into it because Bobby Pierce, of course, he's going to Mississippi Thunder, probably the hottest guy in the state of Illinois right now. Who do you have to win the Saturday night 12,000 to win race at LaSalle? I am taking the Moequa Missile, Shannon Babb. Shannon Babb. Jeff is taking the Babster. Pete is taking the Squirrel, Brian Shirley. Not 100% sure where he's going to go, but I expect to see him there. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to take somebody who's red hot, just won the opener over at uh, Falls at Fairbury. In an MB Ryan Unzicker to park it in Victory Lane. And uh, Keith is going a little vintage on us, Bert. Keith is going vin vintage on us. He's taking the Flatland Flash, Kevin Weaver, to get it done. I don't know if he's going to be there or not. He's an Illinois guy, right? I mean, who knows if he's going to be there? I, I sure hope so. The 12 grand on the line. Hopefully they support that race. Now, let's go off the picks. Keith on the board with one. Jeff. Is that two? 
Pete is at three. Bert is at seven. And just like Jonathan Davenport, I have now hit double digits and I'm at 10. So I have a little bit of a cushion. We'll see what happens this week. So have a little fun with that. Now, Bert, let's finish it with this. Um, lots of racing coming up. I mean, we can we could talk for the next three hours about all the racing that's coming up, right? Let's just do this. Uh, let's give our top three must-see events of the week for this week coming up. Um, well, number one on my list would be the World of Outlaw show at uh, Mississippi Thunder uh, Speedway. Um, just from the fact that this is the first time the Outlaws are uh, making an appearance there. Uh, I talked to uh, Tyrone. I'm going to have a preview story on the Full Throttle website later this week uh, about the upcoming show. So I talked to Tyrone and uh, they're really excited about this race and uh, they've been trying for years to get the outlaws there so um i did ask him uh if he was concerned about uh, uh which drivers would be there you know with with a lot of with some of the drivers dropping off of the tour and he said based on calls that they've received and stuff he's he's not worried he's not too worried about uh um having quality drivers there and there'll be a good mix of local drivers to mix it up with the travelers so it, it should be a pretty good show and that track is all always racy and uh i have a feeling they'll do whatever they have to do to get a good racy track well like so you that, said they've been trying to get a show there for years right for for a handful of years anyway and how about that back-to-back -back weeks right at first timers for the world of yeah. all and then and then there and, you know, some of the guys going down there, of course, uh, I, I don't know about Glenn's. I kind of feel like he's going to go down there, but I know Giassi's going. Chad Mater's got his open motor, so he's running that. Mars will be there. Jake, Tim, Sorensen, Simpsons, I can see them going up there. I don't know why they weren't at Boone. I think they're going to have a pretty good turnout. Should be good racing. But let's just be completely honest, because that's one of my three, too. The only reason I got this, and Tyrone, I want you to understand this, want you to think about this when we decided to come there right the only reason they even got this opportunity <laughs> is they were the one to go show regional track of the year in 2020 you know, <laughs> right thank me thank bert thank puka that's why they got this because of the notoriety we brought to them nothing to do with all the stuff they're doing over there no in all honesty they're doing a hell of a job they, they deserve that hopefully it goes good what do you got next um i'm gonna go with the race at atomic um uh, Atomic's kind of uh, um, always been a track of interest for me, so I, I'm going to go go with that one. And for my third must-see event, I'm going to go local on Eastern Wisconsin. Uh, the Hill uh, Speedway in Sturgeon Bay, Wisconsin, opens up this weekend. And what's newsworthy about that is they had their entire season last year wiped out because of uh, restrictions that would have been placed on them, uh, so they didn't they didn't host a single race last year. Um, so they'll be opening up this weekend. So you know, I want to give them a, a, a shout out and just let everybody know that, uh, you know, they'll be running and, um, you know, I hope they have what a good classes? show. What classes do they have? The INCA um, over there? Yeah, it's all INCA classes. No late models, though, right? No late models, no. Perfect. I'd love to. I'd love to see a Dirt Kings race up there. I was going to say, Bert, giving a, you know, he's giving a shout out to a non-late model track. Holy <laughs> All right. Are they, do you know if they're live streamed on anything? Uh, no, I, I don't believe so. Uh, okay. Eastern Wisconsin, Eastern Wisconsin's a little bit uh, behind everybody else on streaming, uh, which is, 
I mean, speaking of streaming, I mean, you sent me the list of all the upcoming races for the week and like 75% of them are going to be streamed. I mean, it's crazy how that has just changed in the last few years. And I mean, speaking of streaming, um, you had asked earlier if Dirt King's races were going to be streamed. And I think it was like a week or so ago, they announced that uh, Fry is going to be uh, streaming their races this year. Well, FYE TV is going to be doing yeah. a couple of them too. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, yeah that's, that's what I mean. Yeah. Which is, uh, yeah, FYE is, uh, that's, they're, they're in conjunction. Or, okay, FYE, okay. Yep, they're, yeah, yeah that, in conjunction with Dirt Race Central, and then they do okay. all the stuff at, you know, they got they got a lot of shows, so that's, you're right, that's pretty cool that that's going to be happening there. So, with that said, I got, obviously, the Dairyland Showdown at Mississippi Thunder, that's on my list for sure. Um, the Casino Speedway, my, the baddest bullring in the state of South Dakota, that's opening up on Sunday, um, all with soda action, right? We'll be able to see some of the national championship contenders and all the classes Sunday night racing on Dirt Race Central if you can't make it there. So I'm super excited about that one. But Bert, I'm going to a race this weekend. So I'm, You're getting I'm actually, out of the basement. <laughs> I am. I'm getting out of the basement. So I'm, I'm actually heading over to LaSalle with my buddy Dave Dolchak, and he's bringing a street stock over there. Going to be duct tape numbers for now because his graphics guy kind of dropped the ball on him. But we're going to go see if we can park that in Victory Lane, watch a little late model racing. That is going to be on Flow Racing, and uh, that's Friday and Saturday. The Twin Three Thousands. Uh, they also have UMP mods and street stocks both nights. Twelve grand to win. And Bert, I don't know who's all going to be there. I really don't, but I can tell you right now that Illinois late model guys have been really good so it should be some good racing over there in in a ton of racing action um gondic lost speedway was supposed to open up they had to cancel push things back a week so nothing up in kind of my region um this weekend but uh, we're still a couple weeks out from that but a ton of action coming up so um any closing thoughts here on episode number 78 no i think we covered a lot tonight i think it's just the beginning of what the rest of the summer i mean this summer all indications are this summer is going to be a lot different than last summer i mean i think people are clamoring for racing uh all the highlights i've seen at tracks the the stands all have good crowds in and the car counts are have been well not at all the tracks i guess it depends how many tracks are running at the same time uh, but like in Eastern Wisconsin, you know, car counts seem to be pretty good. And, you know, the fan attendance seems to be pretty good so far. So, yeah, let's hope that trends that direction. So with that said, hope you enjoyed the show. Get out to your local racetrack this weekend. If you can, if you can't, there's a lot of streaming platforms available. Of course, Dirt Race Central, they provide the vast amount of coverage in our area for dirt track racing. But of course, the other streaming platforms have some of the national stuff as well. I'd um, like to thank, of course, the folks over at BuyRacers.com, Dirt Track Supply, and Zuli Race Engines um, for partnering up with us in uh, 2021. So I'm Ryan Aho. That's the one and only Bert Lehman. And as Puka says, go out there and be your dream. Thanks for tuning in to the One to Go Show. A production of Goat Sports Media, LLC.